Well, an observation. You guys are awful chatty this morning. Must have been because you had to get up so early. So, um, is it true that if you say, if you feed them, they will come? You know, you know that's a takeoff from Field, uh, Fields of Dream, right? The, the movie? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that you guys weren't, I wasn't too outdated. Um, <laughs> my name's Daryl. We're great. It's great to have you with us this morning. Um, we're going to, we're, we're actually in 1 Corinthians 8. Uh, but I want to start by saying that many of you already know this, but in case you don't, that good friend, uh, a member of the church, uh, Deverell Denwood, he passed away uh, recently, just the other day, and we are, we're doing, we're going to, he's going, there will be a memorial funeral for him this Friday at Risen Life, which is just up 39th there, and about 27th East. Right? Yeah. Uh, at 11 a.m. Friday morning. So all are invited. Um, we'll post that, like Chair said earlier. We'll post that. And if, if you. Um, um, and our condolences um, really go out to you, Bertha. So. We normally take our offering towards the end, but I'm going to go ahead and take it now. And um, um, this is the best way we know how to give to our church. So if you're a guest with us today, please do not feel obligated in any way. Um, I want to say we appreciate uh, your generosity. Actually, I have a scripture I want to read. It's out of Proverbs 3.9. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And this scripture has meant a lot to Lisa and I, my wife, uh, for over the years. And just the idea of giving to God from, from the first and I, you know, whatever you've decided between what you and the Lord have decided to do, I just want to bless that in you. And in saying that, also, that over 40 plus years of walking with Jesus, I can honestly say I have wanted for nothing, desired much, yeah. <laughs> wanted much, uh, but God has always provided. So, I just want to thank you for your generosity of giving to us, and um, well, let's go ahead. And this is a great time to put your Connect card in the bag. Thank you. So while we are moving forward, turn to 1 Corinthians 8, or flip it to in your phone. <coughs> I'm trying to go paperless here. 
We're going to see how well this works. <laughs> so we'll see. You know, we live in a time where there's just so much going on in the world, you know, especially with, um, you know, chatter about what's right or what's wrong, especially in the political realm. I mean, there's just so much going on. And, and in some ways, it creates an uneasiness. It also demands or, or tries to draw us in to choosing sides. This person's right, that person's not right, or whatever. It tries to draw us in to, you know, what's going on. And I just want to suggest to all of us that, that you know, the foundation and the rock and, and the personage of who Jesus Christ is can bring a peace within, to us and within us and around us that goes beyond all that chatter, all the, the divide, all of the trying to draw us into who's right and who's wrong. And I'm not, taking, I'm not trying to tell you what you th- should think or what you shouldn't think. All I'm trying to say is beware of the fact that the enemy is trying to draw us into things. Just be aware. And so in thinking about that, as we've been going through the first uh, the book of Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians, we, you know, Paul is writing there, and he's writing there from Ephesus, and he's, and he's had these conversations and hearing about certain things that have been going on there, the church of, of Corinth. And as he was writing and hearing this dialogue, he talked about divisions amongst the people. He even dealt with a very uh, immoral situation where a stepson was sleeping with his, his father's wife. Uh, talks about lawsuits and marriage and food, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about today. You know, public worship, the Lord's Supper. What do you do when we come together in the Lord's Supper? Spiritual gifts. And then he ultimately also talks about the resurrection. And so, you know, it's things that we always deal with in the life of the church. I mean, we are not all perfect people, Right? We make mistakes, right? We make, sometimes we make choices that even go against some of the things we believe sometimes because we're emotionally pressured or just, you know, we get desperate. We just do things. We're not, we're just not perfect. So starting with verse one, and if you don't have the Bible on your phone or, or your device, I'll have it up here on the screen. It says, now, this is Paul writing, and he's talking, he's referring to a conversation that he had with some, some, some believers who are asking him questions. Now, regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, yes, we know that we all have, we all, that we all have knowledge about this issue. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know it know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. And so Paul starts off, a lot of knowledge. And then he defines with the person who loves. Goes on in uh, verse 4. So what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, will we all know that idols... It's really not God, and that there's only one God. There may be so-called gods, both in heaven and on earth, 
But some people actually worship many gods and many lords. But for us, there is only one God, one God the Father, by whom all things were created, and for Him we live. And there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things were created, and through Him we live. Verse 7, however, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols of being real. Some, when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think it is a worship of a real God. And their weak consciences are violated. It is true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. Too bad. We would be in good shape. We try. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it. And we don't gain anything if we do. Verse 9. But you must be careful so that your freedom does not cause others with a weaker conscience to stumble. For if others see you with your superior knowledge, eating in the temple of the idols, won't they be encouraged to violate their conscience by eating food that has been offered to idols? So because of superior knowledge, a weak believer for whom Christ died will be destroyed. Verse 12. And when you sin against that believer by encouraging him to do something that they believe is wrong, you are sinning against Christ. So if, so, so if what I eat causes another believer to sin, I will never eat meat again as long as I live. For I don't want to cause another believer to stumble. So the issue here is not what you know but how we live. The issue here is preferring others better than ourselves. See, Paul uses the fact that there in Corinth there was a lot of idols, there were a lot of temples, and in, in the marketplace, when you went to go buy meat, most likely it had been used in idol worship. And so when so, some people just believe that was wrong, and some of you have... Uh, think con- a conscious issue that you just won't do because you believe it's wrong. And others of this, same people in this room, have the liberty to do things that you absolutely believe is wrong. Absolutely. And in this highly independent culture that you and I live in, where our self-rights mean everything to us, And that we're not going to let anybody around us detour what we believe and should think that we do. Uh, So that's their problem, not mine. Right? They should get over it. Right? And there's a lot of issues there. You know, you cause judgment and stuff. And what Paul is saying here, if this stumbles somebody, if this issue stops, I'm going to become a vegetarian. Oh, Lord. I mean, he said it right there, right? 
I mean, that's how important of an issue. There's a big issue right now. This is, this is beyond. He uses the example of, of eating this meat that was offered to idols, but this is so much permanence with the life of the church. And what is the, dra- the, the dropback of this is how you and I engage with one another. What he's talking about is that love is more important and how we live in love and how we live and how we defer to others and how we allow our lives to change because of the importance of another person's walk with Christ is important. Matter of fact, it says, 1 John 4.16, it says, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in that love. We love each other because he loved us first. There is something about the community of faith that is, is extremely important. And, and our mission, our mission lie, our tagline is loving God and loving people. Can I just submit to you right now, between those two statements, loving God and loving people, is a whole lot of culture. There's a whole lot of diversity. There's a whole lot of different understanding. And between loving God with my whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and loving my neighbor as myself is a big challenge. Right? Huge challenge. I mean, Cheris last week when she gave, uh, led us through communion, she talked about holiness. Holiness. Now, as many of you know, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in a religious household. But when I had my encounter with the living God, Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, I, I, went, I was going down that, what is the Bible calls that broad road of destruction. And I just want to, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I did a really good job at that. <laughs> it came really easy. Being self-centered is easy. Uh, you know, doing what I wanted to do is easy. Doing what I wanted to do in spite of what anybody else was doing was easy. It was very easy. And then all of a sudden I did this 180 degree uh, turn in love. And I, I come into these, these community of believers. And, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a shock. And I would go around and, uh, and they were... I, look, people were telling me all the things I was doing wrong. You know, uh, you know, it's hard to get, you know, a lot of years of life doing things wrong. You don't just, you know. Most things went pretty easily. But they loved me through it. They loved me through it. When I, when, and I asked a lot of questions. I got to show you this. So some of the believers there, the eating meat was associated with worship. And having somebody else at this said, I'm just hungry. I don't care, you know. Not a big deal. I follow Christ, and I, you, know, you know what I mean? It's just like, but if you know you're sitting with somebody who you know that would be offensive, 
What should, what should we do, right? What is the higher call of love? You know, for me, the truth would be, I'm just looking at a good steak. For others, they're seeing something that is a, that, that's part of, worship, uh, part of an act of worship. And so what Paul is saying here is love. The love of Christ working through us literally trumps knowledge. Now, some of you are going to have to think about that because we are a culture of knowledge. Knowledge trumps everything, right? Don't sit there and look at me like, you. come on. Knowledge trumps everything, right? Paul's saying no. Love trumps everything. He's saying there's a, there's a lot of knowledge in between loving God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind and your neighbors yourself. There's a lot there. And there's nothing wrong with knowledge. We should have it. We should desire it. But it needs to be filtered. It needs to be sautéed in love. And that's, what, that's when the two meet. Matter of fact, it says in Galatians 5, back up, Galatians 5, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only, not, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love serve one another. See, there's a culture of serving and honoring each other between these two commands. There's a culture of, of preferring one another. There's a, there, and that's called the body of Christ. There's a culture of seeing the best in others. I'm going to make a statement. I'm gonna, we're going to flush this out in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to make, we do not kick people to the curb. Because they don't live up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because they, you know, the do's and don'ts. What we do is we come in and we, sh- we come alongside somebody and say, as long as you're willing to fail forward, we will walk with you. This is your choice. We are for you. Fine, we know that you made mistakes. Who hasn't? Who's going to throw the first stone, Right? Who's going to do that? We want to help you get to where God wants you to be. And the truth is, it's just not easy. It's just not easy. Because none of us are perfect. And so, to love and serve one another. And he goes on in verse 14, For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if, you, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you are consumed by one another. Now, see, Paul, this is Paul. Paul's breaking it down. Isn't that truth? Isn't that the truth? If we bite and devour one another, we consume one another? And I'm telling you, that comes second nature to most of us. So can we be honest? 
some of the first things that come out of us, and I'll just use me as an example. I don't want to pick on anybody. I can recognize what I don't like about somebody like that. Come on. Right? You know, whatever it is. I can do that just like that. And then the Lord goes, how dare you? He's, this person's made in my, my, my image. And I went, oh, man. And the Lord's really kind of been pressing on me. Matter of fact, I want to tell you a little story about that. Yesterday, now this is an old beanie. Um, I got it during the 2002 Olympics. But on the back, it says Roots. It's a Canadian company, clothing company, and it was real popular during the 2002 Olympics. And they, they made uh, the clothing for us Americans that year. Um, but roots. And so I was out for a prayer yesterday, and I noticed, I picked that up, and it just kind of hit me, roots, roots. And I felt like the Lord said, so Daryl, where's your roots? Where are your roots? I went, well, okay. Started thinking about my knowledge. My roots are in you. I'm rooted and grounded in love most of the time. And, but I really started thinking about it. And, and as I started thinking about today's message, I started saying, you know, where, where are your roots? And how deep do they go? And are they, are, am I totally rooted and grounded in love? Or... Am I kind of rooted, grounded in love and nibbling on the world? Nibbling on the world. Or are you um, trying to discover the Lord and you, you're, you, you, there's something there, you're noticing something, and versus in, in you, live, you live in a situations or such situations that kind of pr- are pressing you and you're nibbling on the kingdom. Or another way of putting that, do you have one foot in and one foot out? Or, as what the Lord would say to me, Daryl, are you a slave to your passions? Am I your all in all? Where are your roots? So I had about a 40-minute prayer conversation about that yesterday with the Lord. And, and I felt, you know, this is an important issue. Because if our roots are in the right place, and we'll talk about this in the next couple of sermons, but if you want to jump ahead, sit with John 15. Just sit with that and let Jesus speak to you. John 15. So just thinking about this idea of, of a culture of love, which is important. Not a performance of love, not a task of love, but a culture of love. A culture, and it isn't just, you know, we all love the ones we love, right? Or the ones we like. It's the other ones that, that, that the Lord is so faithful 
And so gracious to each and every one of us to bring into us so that we can become more like Him. You know, you're in God's school of love. In the workplace, in school, in the, even in the congregation, you're in God's, God's school of love. And He's passionate about that. And He's used Paul and, and Peter uh, and, and John to, to exhort us this idea of what love really looks like. And as uh, let me just give you a few more scriptures here. 1 Peter one twenty two. Since you've been purified, since you since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, I love that sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Help us, Jesus. With a pure heart. See, the Lord is doing that work in us. That's what's going on in between loving God and loving your neighbor. In the midst of that culture, God is purifying you and I. And he's helping us. John 1, uh, 1 John 3.16 tells us, By this that we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for, uh, the, uh, for our brethren. And a good way of doing that is what Paul is talking about. If we know something that we do offends somebody, it is an act of love that we choose not to do it. For them. For them. It's an act of love. Verse 17. But whosoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up in his heart from them, he just closes themselves off, off from that person, how does the love of God abide in you? Remember there in the, the first three uh, chapters of Acts, where the Lord poured out His Spirit. Poured out His Spirit. And the response was, as people took care of each other. They just took care of each other. They just loved on each other. And it was such a counterculture that the city around them, well, for one, it, it created great fears, what the Scripture tells us, but the city around them was, were going, there's something different going on. There's something powerful going on within that. There's something, it's, it's, it's something that is, has a lot of light to it. It was a counterculture. See, the church, you and I, the body of Christ, the, the community of believer, we are a counterculture. And it is, and I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to wear us out with this, and it is a culture-based are built on the love of Christ in every way. So when you talk about loving God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, you know what it says there? Now think about this. He's saying, love me with your whole body. Love me completely with your whole body. And, uh, you know, and I have to remind myself. I have to remind myself to do that. I have to, I have, if I'm going to really be honest, I said, Lord, I need to grow in this, this word. I need to grow in it. I have knowledge of it. I understand it. I don't want to keep it at arm's length. And be able just to parrot it. I want it to flow through me. 
I want my life to be an example of who Jesus is, right? And that's what, Jesus, that's what he's saying when he's saying that. He'd come and bring it out of Deuteronomy. You can go to, into Leviticus and what it means to love your neighbor. There's many through the Old Testament into, and Je- into the New Testament. And Jesus says, it's all lands right here in me. All of it right there in me. It rooted in me. All of it. Okay, let me just jump down here a little bit. 1 Peter 4.8 says this, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover... Now listen to this. For love will cover a multitudes of sin. Multitude is huge, right? Multitude. That's that idea of we understand that we have shortcomings, and you and I fall short. But it isn't because you don't live up, you don't get to come. Because you don't live up, you don't get to play. What it is, is no, come close. Come closer to me. I'm going to put my arm around you. Let's let's walk down this road together. And let me ask you a few questions. What motivated that? What were you feeling? Let's work this through together. Let's discover the breakdown. Let's discover the heartache. Let's discover the pain that pushes you to do some of the things you wished you never did. Let's be real. Right? It's a great time to say amen, brother. But you know. <laughs> but that is what Je- that's the Jesus culture. That is the Jesus culture. You can't get away from it. It's not, it doesn't, it's a a culture of believers. And as I've said many times before, okay, as I've said many times before, we try to make everything into a rule. You know? We We try to make everything into a rule. Jesus saying, no. No, that's, that, 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 that's, that rules is just knowledge. You're taking the knowledge and you made a rule out of it. The, do, the do's and don'ts of Christianity, right? Right? The do's and don'ts. And some of them are really good ones. You shouldn't do those things. They're not good for you. Where Jesus says, look, if you get this, you get this, the loving God and loving people, I mean, you really embrace it, those things will be, t- they take care of themselves. Those things will be, a ne- loving God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbors, yourself, it, it, it is a passionate outcome, and you find yourself not, it isn't that you can't, you choose not to, right? Isn't that what we try to do with our kids? I mean, we raised our kids with a lot of dudes. I did. You know, we tried it. We, we, we're guiding them along the way. Really what we're trying to do with children is guide them to a point where they make choices for themselves that are honoring. That are honoring. That's, we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks, but honoring. 
Honor is a big deal. In verse 9, excuse me, verse 9, be hospitable, hospitable to one another without grumbling. I'll do it. But I don't have to like it. Right? Come on. I'll do it. It's the right thing to do, but I don't like it. I didn't write it. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Community. Drawing the best out of people. Seeing what people can become. Not just leaving them stuck where I am. Don't, you see what I'm saying? See, you, this is where you're at. That's fine. But God wants to bring you here. Let's do this together. The, the invitation. Let's do it together. Ephesians. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now here Paul, there, as he, as he wrote this to the church in Ephesus, maybe he's thinking about that encounter he had with somebody along the way about the idolatry taking place in Corinth. Maybe, you know, he, he pulls us all together and talking about the love of God. It's not about what we do. It's not about what we know. It's more about how we live with what we know. Right? And the best part is, is, is we get to do it together. Let's have the worship team come forward. The best part is we get to do it together. And so, in case you're just slightly confused, I mean, what's, what's this guy really trying to say other than talking about love? Um, each one of us are responsible for the influence that God's given us when it comes to others. Loving concern of others should guide us into our actions. Loving one another. Caring for one another. My freedom, I'll put this in for me, my freedom ends where my brother's good begins. 
You might want to write that one down. <laughs> that's one you want to remember. That's, that's kind of one of those um, personal conviction type things. My freedom ends when the good of somebody else begins. And all I can say, my advice to all of us, is to lean into Jesus. Much of what Paul wrote, John, what Peter wrote, James, all of it lands between the call of loving God and loving your neighbor. All of it. I mean, it's just this great exhortation for all of us to become all we can be in Christ Jesus and using that to be a godly influence on those around us. And saying, come, come, let's do this journey together. Wherever you're at right now, where, wherever you might be right now, come on, let's, some of you might just want to be trying to discover truly who Jesus is. Well, come, let's, let's do that together. Some of you are trying to figure out, does this church even valid, you know? Well, I don't like the word church. I like the word community better, because I think it, identifies the Bible better, but I'm not going to argue about it. Anyways, come, let's do community together. Come, let's grow together. Come, let's learn together. Come, let's cultivate each other's spiritual roots together. Come, let us defer one another. Come, let us lift each other up. Come, let us confess to one another so that we might be healed. That's community talk. And that's, that is the revolution of Jesus in the 20th century. Because church, in so many ways, has become about tradition. It's always meant to be and should be, including our own traditions. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm picking on us. In other words, does worship always have to have a guitar? Can worship have a choir? Absolutely. Worship is about Jesus. Right? I love what we do, don't get me wrong. I mean, I really do. It's a gift. But, see, it's always meant to be. Always. Church is always meant to be. Can I say that again? It's always meant to be about Jesus. Always. And Jesus loves us. Jesus loves his bride. With all of our warts. <laughs> right? Come on. You got to say yes to that because look at us. We keep talking about food. And he would say, hey, man doesn't live by bread alone. Let's stand. <laughs> so as we come into this last song, and I want to encourage you to maybe, uh, maybe you haven't spoken to Jesus in a while. Open your hearts to him. Just open up your heart. Just say, Lord. And, and maybe... Maybe you've 
you got a real issue about somebody, family member, person at work, maybe even closer than that. And you can't seem to get past it, but you know that the Lord wants you to. Open yourself up. Be brave and say, Lord, whatever you ask of me, I will do. Whatever you ask of me, I will do. And Because the Lord wants us to be whole. He wants us to be free. So as we come in this moment of worship, just and maybe some of you have been kind of got one foot in, one foot out. The Lord is asking you to come and jump in between loving Him and loving others. Get in in the mix. Get in get in the in that culture. And trust me, that is the culture that we strongly want to build here. That is the culture we want to build. Culture of preferring, a culture of love, and it's not easy, folks. It's very challenging. And it means that I, you and I, must change. We must change. And I want to go back to what Cheris says. Creating in that culture of love creates a culture of holiness because it's Jesus. Let's worship.